The following podcast is brought to you by Crosswinds Golf and Country Club. It's just 45 minutes from downtown Toronto in beautiful Burlington. The course is in spectacular condition. The views are breathtaking. The value, second to none. Check out the Pebblestone Pub for a delicious meal or a cool drink or both or many. Visit the Pro Shop for the latest golf apparel. Take a look at the fabulous banquet facilities while you're there. Crosswinds is where I play golf and you should too. For more information, visit crosswindsgolf.com. Now... Let's begin the show. Welcome to Hebsey on Sports, episode number. Dave Keon, Ernie Banks, Dan Fouts, and my favorite Toronto Argonaut of all time, Dave Ramey. You got to go way back. When CFL meant something. When the Argos meant something. I'm your host, Mark Hepsher. Today on the show, if you're a free agent in the NBA, this is your time to shine. I'm not going to list every single free agent out there. For gosh sakes, there's so many of them. KD, Kawhi, Kyrie, anybody else with a K, I'm pretty sure, is a free agent this year. <laughs> Kemba Walker. How many more guys with Ks? How many guys in the NBA with K? So many of them. Um, anyway, big weekend for them and for NHLers as well because July 1st is free agent time. By the way, will the Raptors give Kawhi a Caribbean island as part of the deal? I mean, he's going to get a penthouse. He's going to get free food. He's going to get a free presto pass from Joey Votto. Why not an island like near Barbados? Because he likes it there. If you're Mitch Marner of the Leafs, are you hoping to get a deal done that rivals the one that Austin Matthews signed? We'll talk about that on Hockey Confidential brought to you by Tide and Blades. As well, does Guy Carboneau belong in the Hall of Fame while Paul Henderson gets snubbed again? The latest on the Blue Jays? Golf, tennis, breakdancing. That's right, it's going to be an Olympic sport. Yep. Uh, and will Christine Sinclair regret her decision to allow teammate Janine Becky to take a crucial penalty in the Women's World Cup? Canada lost, in case you're uh, interested. And who are the most popular Canadian athletes on Twitter? On Twitter Canada. It's all ahead, but first your trivia question brought to you by Panthers Original Deli on Bathurst Street, north of the 401. Can you name the last baseball stadium to host every game in a World Series? All games played in the same ballpark. Home team for all games. Are we the home? Are we the visitors? What's, it doesn't matter. It's the same ballpark. Can you name that? Do that, uh, and we'll uh, have the answer and a backstory later in the show. For the finest in deli food, visit PantsersOriginalDeli.com. I can taste that corned beef now. Corned beef on rye with a dill pickle, a beef knish, a huge, um, huge plate of fries, and a high-calorie cream soda. Because, I mean, if you're going to go for it, go for it. <laughs> That's, I never understand people drinking diet pop with, like, you know, high-calorie foods. Man, if you're going to have that burger fries thing, go for the Coke. Go big or go, go home. Go big. Go for the big, big beer. <laughs> All right. Nice little party last night for my friend here, Toronto Mike. It was his birthday and uh, happened to coincide with your listener party times three. We had the Royal Pains on stage. They were awesome. We had lowest of the low. They were awesome. You had giveaways. You had free beer from Great Lakes, your sponsor. It was a fabulous time, and there were a lot of sports people out there. A lot of, in fact, in, in fact, Ron Hawkins of Lowest of the Low wasn't sure how to categorize the audience. Is this a music audience? Is this a, a is this a sports audience? Yes, <laughs> both. Very well rounded group of people there. Did you have a good time? Yeah, I had a blast. Thanks for coming. Uh, you were signing books. Sold some books. It was oh, great. A, a lot of Hebsey fans there. So uh, yeah, yeah, it was amazing. You could. Uh, you know, take some time out of your busy schedule and uh, hang out with me for a few hours on my birthday. I enjoyed Amazing. it very much. Now, do you find it's odd when you meet someone who you only know as a Twitter handle? 
Oh yeah, yes. Well, it happened several times yesterday. Yeah, where you're saying hi, hi, were you and whatever, and I and then sort of at the end, it's like, uh, 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 and, he, and the guy will say like, oh, I'm so and so on Twitter. So, oh, you're so and so on Twitter. Oh, oh, that's because so, when you're pointing people out, yeah. you're pointing them out via their Twitter handle. See that guy over there? That's right. Malfurious. That's Malfurious. That's the example for me. Yesterday, right. he kept calling himself Peter. This yeah. guy Peter, he's got a he's got a beard. He's a handsome guy. His name's Peter. He yeah, loves he a the book show. For me. Yeah. And then at some point at the very end, when he was saying goodbye, he goes, oh, I'm Malfurious on Twitter. I'm like, I know Malfurious. Like, why didn't you just say my yeah, name's Malfurious? Exactly. Why didn't you just introduce yourself with your Twitter <laughs> handle? That's what we should be doing in the world. We should be introducing ourselves with our Twitter handle. Right. And since your Twitter handle is you anyway. But you're Hebsy Man, and yeah, I'm Toronto Mike. There you go. Now, um, prior, before we get to all the sports stuff, I have, I have a dilemma here, and it's been bothering me, and I need to ask your opinion and okay. the listener, viewer's opinion. We're on Periscope. TV, thanks for joining us there. Uh, this is the uh, Hebsy on Sports podcast. So uh, there's a bakery around the corner for me in my neighborhood that I go to all the time. Very okay. famous, popular bakery. And I go in there, and usually what happens is after dinner, and it's right around the corner from where I live, after dinner, if I have a feeling for a dessert, I'll walk around the corner to the bakery, and I'll get, you know, like a butter tart. Oh, I love you know, butter or, tart. Or, or, a, or a, a cannoli. Oh, cannoli. Right? Just, Leave you know, the guns, take the cannoli. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I'll treat line. I'll treat myself and then the next day I'll punish myself by running you know 15k or cycling 30k or whatever it is to make up for the you know whatever 500 yeah, or the calories or a thousand calories right right so I go in and I'm a regular customer there and it's a great it's a great little spot I won't mention the name but it doesn't matter I, so I walk in and there's some people sitting and eating they're having some dessert and there's a few other people having a coffee and whatever uh, but no one's being no one's being served and there's no one there to serve them and I'm the only one that that's at the counter looking to to buy something. Um, and there's no, no one to serve. So I wait, you know, a minute or so. The person's probably in the back, right? Right. And I wait, and it's two minutes now, and, and he, the people at the table who are eating are going, uh, oh, yeah, the, the, I'm not going to mention male or female. The server uh, is, they're in the back. They're, okay. So I'm like, hello. Like, you know, the kind of right. thing, you know, excuse me. <laughs> nothing. I don't, nothing like, there's no bell to ring or anything like that. Right. And then the phone in the bakery rings. <laughs> the phone. Yeah. Rings. And so you know the sound of a, not a cell phone ring, but like a, yeah, like a landline. A, a landline phone ring. ring. And it's pretty loud so that you can hear it in the back. So the server comes out from the back. This is after about, I'm going to say, not quite five minutes, but I'd say easily three minutes I'm standing there with no service or whatever. Okay. Right. Well, I'm not in a huge hurry, but still. Now the phone rings and the server comes rushing out of the back and, and goes rushing past me to answer this phone. And <laughs> yeah. I go, don't answer the phone. I, I, I've been here for a few minutes. I, I'd like a butter tart, please. Oh. And the server goes, I, I'm going to go. I, I said, don't answer the phone. I'm here now live. I've been waiting. Wow. Please serve me. Wow. Now the phone keeps ringing. And as you know, one of the most uh, difficult things to do is not answer a ringing phone. Right. right? It makes you anxious. It makes you anxious because who that person at the other end could say, you've won the lottery. <laughs> but it's unlikely that that person at the other end is going, hi, I was thinking of coming in. Could, could I make an order for a butter tart so that when I get there, it's ready for me? <laughs> I doubt that. So I'm pretty adamant here. And I'm, wow. I, and I'm basically saying, uh, excuse me, just wait. I only want a butter tart. And I've been waiting for a while. Right. Now, the server could have said one of two things. Hang on for one second, and I mean one second, while I tell this person that I'm going to put them on hold. That would be the prudent thing to do. Okay, yeah. Right? You kill two birds with one stone. You tell whoever's calling, excuse me, one second, I'm busy, I'm putting them on hold, 
And then that's fine. And then they serve you. And then when they're done serving you, they go back on the phone. Instead, this server gave me a stare like, hey, I got to answer that phone. And I would not allow the server to answer the phone because if that were the case, even if they were going to spend 20 seconds on the phone, that's 20 seconds too long as far as I'm concerned. I'm here, I'm here now, your job is to serve me. So I got a little, mm, whatever. Anyway, the server yeah. ended up serving me. The phone kept ringing. Okay, kept so ringing. the server did not answer the phone. The server did not answer the phone because I said, I want to be served now. I don't want you to serve the person on the phone. Anyway, long story short, I pay for it, I go, and I'm feeling terribly, and, oh, and the phone stops ringing the second the server gives me my change. <laughs> the second the phone stops, and I go, they'll call back. Thank you, and the server doesn't say thank you, and puts, leaves my change, like drops my change on the counter. Doesn't put my change <laughs> in my hand, drops the change on the counter, wow. and kind of walks away. Anyway, I was thinking about a thing. Was I, was I out of line? Okay, then? well, you want, me, you want my honest opinion? Yes, I do. I feel you're uh, like I'm a little surprised that your your rigidity there like how a little bit harsh like so remember well, I should have I should have allowed the server to answer the phone and continued waiting maybe I'm too while easy they, going. while they dealt with the person on the phone maybe you're right and I'm wrong but I personally would I would think okay the server is working alone obviously mm-hmm. it's got to be a bio break emergency like this is obviously somebody who had to go to the washroom Right? What? Right? Like, so they had, I, this would be my thought. What are you thought. talking about? No, 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 they were in the back uh, fixing whatever it was. So you, you, how do you know? Okay, uh, you what? don't, they, I would assume perhaps they had to is, go to the bathroom because of And uh, if they had, they were finished from the bathroom and now was now their priority the to answer ringing. the phone or to look after the customer that had been standing there waiting <laughs> to be served? I think maybe it's possible you're right and I'm just too, uh, like, I don't too know much if of I'm a welcome right. mat or whatever. Because I would be like, oh, please get, I'll wait. Like, I'd be like so Canadian. I'd be like, Oh, but oh, I've already waited. Right, There's I know. There's no one, I mean, how much longer would I wait? But that move about don't answer the phone, I said, you're going to serve me phone, first, I don't have that, like, I don't have that in me. Like, right. it's not no, because I could tell that that person, that server, was going to completely ignore me and go right to the phone. Phone ringing, ding, phone ringing. Customer here, phone ringing, phone ringing, phone ringing. And you're you could tough. tell, you could tell every time the phone, the next ring came, the, the server was like... <laughs> You know, yeah. like anxious, like they've yeah. got the, they've got you the tongs. You made the server up. anxious, right? They've whoa, oh, I see. So it was my <laughs> fault. So I should have just let the server go and answer the phone. I would have. All right, I would. I think well, I'm just a um, nicer guy than if you. you were the You're ser- tough. If you were the server, what would you have done? You come out the back, you see a customer standing there, and you say to the customer, "What, Mike? What would you have said to the customer you saw standing there?" I'll be right with you. Let me. Uh, let me what? Okay, let me. Take this call. And no, I, I, and then, I'm here and right now. But then no, I'm here right now. Hold. Sir, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm here right now. I'm here now. I need to be served. If you're going to tell me that you're going to put that person on hold. Are you going back to this bakery ever? Or are you done with them? No, I think I'll go back. The food's <laughs> But you'd have an answer because, oh, okay. So I felt really terrible and guilty about it that I should go back and apologize to the server. I felt for being you were so tough abrupt. on that server. But I was waiting. I was waiting and I wasn't being served. All you had to do was say, I'm going to put this person on hold, whoever that is. It could have been right. their sister. Right. You know, calling, saying, hi, what time are you off work? Anything. Right. But I mean, don't ignore the customer that's there. Here's, this is part of this example. And I think right. I might've mentioned this story to you about a famous, famous television executive who tried to hire me and called me in for an interview. And I'm sitting in this person's office and their phone rings three times in 10 minutes. And every time they took the phone call and ignored me. And at the end, I said, I'm leaving because it's obvious that I can get in touch with you better and get your attention better if I phone you rather than being here in person. This is the problem. It's not all of society, but in this case, it bothered me. This is someone, a millennial, who, and it might have nothing to do with it, who is more concerned about 
missing that phone call than possibly missing a sale and future sales from a good customer. That's it. No, I'm glad you shared that. And it is an interesting debate. People should tweet at us uh, what they would have done because obviously I'm a bit of a pushover. I'd be like, no, let me get that call for you. Like I'd answer the phone and take a message for them or something. But if you were the server, okay? Yeah. Would you not? Customer should come first. Right. The customer, not the potential customer on the other end of the phone, but the customer that's standing there in your shop or don't have a shop. Do everything online. Don't have bricks and mortar. Then you won't have to worry about someone standing, physically standing at the counter craving a butter tart crave looking at the butter tart through the through the the window <laughs> you should have self-served that one right there. and it wasn't it wasn't difficult i mean if i tell you the entire operate the entire thing took 30 seconds from the time the person not even from the time that they took the butter tart out with the tongs from the display case right put it into a bag and rang it up took like 20 seconds how much is a butter tart at a nice bakery three bucks but this was good, man. It's a good butter tart. I'm not going to tell you the name of the baby. No, because they, they should become a sponsor if they want to be mentioned. I'm not going to tell you. The, it's, on col- <laughs> it's on College Street. <clears throat> College Street. Um, the Canadian Office of Barbados Tourism Marketing had apparently offered Kawhi Leonard a free trip to Barbados prior to game six of the NBA Finals if he agreed to a deal with Toronto. So Kawhi's already signed. He's signed. This thing with going to the Lakers and going to the Clippers is nonsense. And, and Toronto going to get the, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, Toronto is going to be the last team. Well, of course, like this is not news to me. No. It's no. not news to me, folks. This is another problem with free agent thing. All I hear about is Kemba Walker's going to have a meeting with Brooke. Kyrie Irving, uh, Irving's going to have a meeting with so-and-so. A meeting, listen, I got four meetings scheduled this week. Doesn't mean anything. Don't tell me about a meeting. I'm not interested in Kawhi is going to meet with the Lakers at 11 a.m. He's going to meet with the Clippers at 1.30. He's going to be on Steve Ballmer's private pain at 2.15. He's going to be in Toronto. Come on. These are meetings. These happen all the time. Stop it with the meetings. I know. I didn't need Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN to say, the Raptors are going to get the last crack at Kawhi. Of course they are. Mm-hmm. Kawhi, you've heard all these offers. Whatever they are, we can do better. Let's talk. Five years, $190 million. You want to do a one plus one? We can do a one plus one. You want, the, you want your own private island in the Caribbean? We can arrange for that. <laughs> you can, we can arrange for free food at every restaurant. Every restaurant in Toronto. Already we done. Can, we can arrange for your own penthouse. You don't want a penthouse? You want a, you want a place? And by the way, someone else had just mentioned that Kawhi apparently bought a home around the uh, uh, Young and York Mills area. I know, Burger. Ay, 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 enough <laughs> with this. He bought a home. He bought a, When he bought his home in L.A., does that mean he was going to L.A.? Come on. Like, you know, let's all settle down. We all want Kawhi signed. We all would like to have him signed. Let him enjoy his vacation in Barbados, wearing his Blue Jay shirt, by the way, which he bought that. at Jay's shop. He's a Jays fan. Wow. So if he would have had an L.A. Dodgers shirt on or an Angels shirt on or a Mike Trout shirt on or a, um, an L.A. Rams shirt, would that have made a difference to you? He's wearing a Toronto Blue Jays shirt. He just won the championship with sign. Toronto Raptors. Okay? It's a good sign. He's not saying anything. His uncle apparently has got, you know, his uncle apparently blabs to every single reporter who goes, well, I happen to know the Kawhi's family and I happen to know this and I happen to know that. All these stories coming out of Yahoo and ESPN, they don't know shit. Only Kawhi knows. He knows. And we all know that the Raptors are going to get the last crack at him. And basically, it's going to be like this. All right, Kawhi, great to have you. It was a good season, wasn't it? Yeah. So what do you think? What do you want? Did you get great offers? Tell us what you want. And then the deal's done. So I think the fact that he's in Barbados and he's wearing a, a Toronto... It's a good uh, sign. Blue Jay is a good sign. It's a good sign. By and, the way, my wife this morning, yes. my wife has, she walks by the Scotiabank Arena on her way to work. No. And she tells me that she hasn't seen lineups like today since, 
you know, they were lining up for Jurassic Park in the playoffs. It's because there's today they they released a bunch of new the NBA, like, yeah. merchandise yeah. from like the, the uh, OVO, the OVO, the, yeah. the Dro- OVO. I always say that wrong. The Drake brand. <laughs> listen, like, to me, it, listen to me correcting you yeah, about I know. Drake. Well, I'm not that young. <laughs> I'm not that much younger than you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Raptors merchandise is huge. If you go on the NBA, uh, NBA.com to the NBA store, there have to be, I'm going to say, 30 different types of T-shirts with the heads of every yeah. single Raptor player, with right. the championship, like just tons. And, and they're not cheap, man. No, they're not cheap at all. They and, gotta, they're, like, they're in demand, though. Right. That's how you're going to, how else are you going to pay Kawhi? <laughs> You've got to sell those T-shirts. Um, so this is, so this is, um, this is free agent season. It's free agent season with basketball, it's free agent season with hockey. It's all this speculation. And, and I, and I'm, I'm nauseous already with all these shows and these, you know, the top 50 free agents and where we think they'll go. This is all a domino effect and everyone knows this. Okay. NHL free agency, especially is like, you know, nobody's going to be the first one to sign. Cause that just, you know, you might make a mistake. So everyone's waiting for everyone else, especially with restricted free agents. We're not going to sign this guy because if we sign this guy for this much, then this, right. And in the NBA, like everyone's a free agent. And so to try to predict if KD is going to go to the Knicks or Kyrie Irving's going to Brooklyn, cause he's from Brooklyn and this guy's from there. So he's going to go there and this guy's from Dallas, but he, Oh God, mm-hmm. it's just driving me nuts. Let's wait. Cause last year at this time was anybody going, Oh yeah. John Tavares is going to be a leaf. Not one person, not one. So, and I noticed that a lot of these predictors are, they don't go, you don't go back and say, oh, by the way, uh, you mentioned six different guys last year. You were 0 for 6. We think he'll sign here. We think he'll sign there. If this guy signs here, then this guy will sign there. Right. If, if the Lakers can create enough cap space, which 48 hours ago they couldn't because they signed Anthony Davis, who, by the way, is going to wear number 23 because LeBron's going to give him number 23. What's LeBron going to do? Wear number eight that Kobe did? What's he going to do? Is that right? I didn't hear I don't that know. No, you didn't hear this? No. Yeah. Yeah. LeBron is going to give his number 23 jersey to Anthony Davis. I know. I actually am out of the loop here. That's uh, fascinating. Is it? I think so. Okay. I, you know, sure. the, who's got the bigger legacy? Like, who who should, Is it? you know, obviously he it, wants to yeah. change numbers. Right. Did Christine Sinclair offer her number to uh, Janine Becky to <laughs> kick the, to kick the uh, soccer? We'll get to that Becky, later. Becky, but I mean, Becky. really. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I just, you know, there's just so much going on that I'd rather just wait and see what happens and who signs. Then we can comment on it rather than try to speculate what free agent's going to sign with what team. That, that's all. That's all. Big announcement yesterday. Huge announcement yesterday. Sportsnet, TSN, Omni, every Rogers channel, Cable 10 will all be show- I believe the Toronto Cable Mike 10. Periscope will be showing WNBA games last year. Next year. Okay, yeah. Now, you know what that is? WNBA? Yeah. Yeah, it's so the Women's Basketball League. Yeah. Do you know, <laughs> do you know how many teams are in the women's? I know. Can you name more? Besides Kia Nurse, can you name one player in the WNBA? Oh, great question. No. Can you name? Can you name one team in the uh, WNBA? Is uh, is Reggie Miller's sister still playing? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And this is this is the problem: is that you got to start somewhere, and basketball, especially in this country, because there's talk that Toronto should have a WNBA team. Slot them in in the summertime. What are they doing in the summer at the ACC or at the Scotiabank Arena? Nothing. Got some concerts. What else you got going on in that arena? Nothing. Let's get some basketball. So may as well strike while the iron is hot. If basketball is this popular in this country, it's, if basketball has become so popular that taking down the nets at a public park in Toronto, going viral, is causing the mayor and all these people to go, put those nets back. This is a basketball country. Right. Then maybe now is the right time because women's soccer is popular. Women's hockey is extremely popular. 
Title IX in the United States has allowed women to go places they had never been able to go before when it came to athletics at the college level. And you've got some very talented female athletes out there. And the WNBA does pretty darn well, all things considered, although their travel is nothing compared to NBA, the way NBA players it's travel. Like on a bus there. or something? Oh, man, it's like, you know, uh, three flights to get from Salt Lake City to like... Uh, oh, to, to, at least to, they fly. To, to whatever, you know, well, yeah, and take some buses. But anyway, so would you like to see Toronto have a WNBA team? And if so... Are people here going to have to learn about the league the way some people had to learn about baseball when the Blue Jays came? They didn't I have a question to... for you, Hebsey. Yeah. They often say Toronto is not necessarily a hockey city. It's a Maple Leafs city. For example, if we had an OHL team uh, in Toronto, it doesn't necessarily draw a lot of uh, right. pain customers. But the Leafs, you know, obviously that's a whole different story. It, is it possible that it's not that Toronto wants to watch basketball but that Toronto wants to watch uh, Raptors basketball. Like, do you think, and I don't know, but would, would, would people come out and, uh, you know, vote with their wallets for a WNBA franchise in the city? I think the same is true in any sport. I think whatever city you're in, you're a fan of that team of that city first. And then the sport itself. And the reason I mention this is because, look, we've got lots of hockey fans in Toronto. Are most of the, in other words, if the Leafs weren't playing, what percentage of those fans would be still be interested in hockey, in where how Connor McDavid is doing and how the free agent? Well, there's lots because in the media we talk about it incessantly. But that's the NHL, like that's sort of different, that's right. right. That's right. That's top tier. Right. That's top tier. Other than that, no, because we consider ourselves Toronto considers itself to be a major league town, which is why even though the Marlies won the Calder Cup last year. You know, they're the Marlies. And the Argos uh, <clears throat> suffer from a bit of that because we look and see what's going on down south and we consider the no. best player there. No, see, I no. look at it differently. The, the Canadian Football League had its moments in this country. It had its moments. It didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't progressive in its thinking. It didn't have great leadership. The, you can name me every single commissioner the Canadian Football League has had. None of them had the foresight to look into the future and say, where's this league going? How do we market this league? And how do we fend off... And especially in the late 70s when the Blue Jays came along, how do we fend off these other sports and keep our sport rele uh, relevant and so that people will pay to watch the sport? The problem the Argos had was they had huge crowds. And right in through the 80s, too, as a matter and of don't fact. Don't forget the Rocket Ishmael In the early Ishmael 90s era. with Rocket Ishmael right. while the Jays were doing well. What was it that kept people away? Well, number one is the rosters are always changing in the Canadian Football League. Always used to be that the same guy would be wearing the same number for five, six, seven years in a row. And now you look and you go, I don't know who this guy is. I don't know who that guy is. And when I find that there's players who have played for every CFL franchise, and there's only eight or nine of them, it just becomes sort of the same old boys club, same kind of guys, same stuff. TSN props up the league by showing every single game. And it, the game just does not interest me anymore because at one time the CFL was relevant I knew who the personalities were. I could name you the players on the Argos that played four, five, six, seven years in a row. And now I, I have no idea. It's stronger out West. But what else do they have to do in Regina? Right. What else is there to do in Regina? They don't have baseball. They don't have, they don't have uh, basketball there. There's no NHL. No NHL team there. You got the Regina Pats, and you got the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And that's it. No offense. That's it. Would you feel this way if the Argonauts were suddenly put into the National Football League? Of course. No, of course. The National Football League has its own cachet. Brady's coming? Drew Brees is coming to town? 
Toronto's traveling to New Orleans. Sorry. Toronto's going to New England. Toronto's going to Buffalo, or Toronto is Buffalo. I don't know. But that's different. That's the NFL. The NFL is a proven league, right? Proven. There are guys in the NFL who have played a number of years wearing the same jersey number for the same team. Would you pay your own dollars that you 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 earn from all the book sales at TML uh, X3? Would you buy yourself <laughs> a W and a ticket to watch a Toronto WNBA game? I like think besides besides one time for the novelty to no, see a new thing. And I think I might if if, if I'm if if you're telling me that that's the best. These are the best players in the world. Yeah, the best women players in the world play in the WNBA. I'm good with that. I don't care what the event is. I'm not a huge fan of curling. Give me the two best teams, and I'll watch. Give me the two best um, MMA fighters. I'll watch. Give me the two best table tennis players. I'll watch. If it's good competition and it's the best in the world, I'll watch. That's why I watch the Olympics. Isn't that why you watch the Olympics? It's the best in the world. There's a lot of nationalism, though, uh, in the Olympics. True, but you want to see the best in the world. And to be the best in the world, you have to attain a certain... Uh, status in the world in order to qualify for the Olympics. If you're a runner, you've got to run the mile in less than whatever the time is. If you're a high jumper, you've got to get a, a, a reach a certain distance, right? Not like Eddie the Eagle Edwards back in the Olympics who could barely get off the ski hill and he was a novelty, right? Stuff like that. So that's the deal. So Sportsnet and TSN and a bunch of other ones are going to just they're going to air a bunch of WNBA games. Look, if you've got a whole bunch of sports channels and you got no programming, what are you going to do? WNBA. So maybe there will be a WNBA team here. And, and you know what? Now's the perfect time. If we've got the NBA champions here and there's a huge interest in basketball amongst male and female, young and old, white and black, et cetera, et cetera, let's go for it. Let's have a, let's have a WNBA team. But let's get Kia Nurse on that team. Yeah, you see, you got to have that. That's right. right. <laughs> well, think about this. When the Expos first came along, any Canadian-born player who played for the Expos was like a superstar. A Canadian playing for the Expos was great. Same with the Jays. You know, we had Rob Ducey, we had the Butler brothers. Of course. We had uh, Paul Spoljarek. Boucher. We had it's Dennis Danny Bre- Boucher. He played we for had, the Expos in there. We had Russell Martin. We had Russell Martin. He was one of us. Remember that? So, uh, yeah, women's pro basketball. Yeah, I'd like to see it. I'd like to check it out, as a matter of fact. Uh, time for Hockey Confidential now, because it's July. It's going to be July 1st. It's free agent. the crazy, silly season. Last year at this time, we signed John Tavares. And Hockey Confidential is brought to you by our friends at Tide and Blades. They bring the pro shop to you. Skate faster, be better. Visit TideandBlades.com, T-Y-D-A-N, Blades.com. And there's a ton of NHL unrestricted free agents. That's UFAs, unrestricted free agents this year. Tons of them. You got uh, Panarin, you got Duchesne, you got Anders Lee of the Islanders, you got Jake Gardner, you got Joe Pavelski. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. And all of them, almost all of them, all of them except for one, skate on Tide and Blades. I'm not going to say which one, but he goes over on his ankles a lot. And you should skate on Titan Blades too. So, so all this movement this summer, and, and um, I, it's Monday, July the 1st. We're not doing a show Monday. At noon is the start of the free agent signing season. But a lot of times they don't get done like right away because we think, oh, it's, you know, ding, there goes the bell. And immediately guys are signing. Right. It, it's not going to happen that way. It's going to drag out. It might take till September for a lot of these, especially the restricted free agents. So... Um, the Leafs signing Mitch Marner, of course, is numero uno. It's the number one priority for general manager Kyle Dubas, who said at the NHL draft last week that the Leafs are putting the finishing touches on new contracts for restricted free agents, Casperi um, Kapanen and Andres Janssen, but not Mitch Marner. This could drag out to, like, the Nylander thing. You know, this could be bad. Uh, getting a deal done with Marner is going to be difficult, and he might get an offer sheet from another team. And this is, 
this is even more difficult because who's going to be that team that says, yep, this is what we're offering Marner. And if we get him, we offer more money. And he says, oh, I want to make more, but I want to play for the Leafs because they were my team that I grew up with and I love them, but I can get more money here. That team's going to have to give up four first round draft picks. That's a lot, man. I mean, he's a good player. Jeez, four first yes, round picks. I'm with you. It depends where the picks are, of course. Because, Absolutely. But Marner's Marner. Like that's, we know what Marner is. So Dubas has basically said that Toronto will not necessarily match an offer sheet signed by one of the RFAs. I think he's talking about Marner pretty much. Maybe Kapanen might get one. I don't know. Uh, and might instead allow the player in question to walk in favor of the four draft picks. Now, I have to tell you, four draft picks. If one of them, one of those four ends up being a top 10 pick, you know, it might be worth it. There's some good talent out there. But then, is Marner a generational player? Could this guy, he's 21 years old. Could this guy be, I mean, he, what did he have, 93 points last year? Could this guy score 120 points? Could he be a better player than Austin Matthews? And if you do sign him, what if you sign Marner and you sign him for five years? The same as Matthews. And now they both come up in five years. You're not going to be able to afford both of them. They're going to be unrestricted free agents. One of them is going to walk. So you need, if you're going to sign Marner, you either sign him to a two-year bridge deal and then sign him again while Matthews' deal is still going. Or you sign him for seven, eight years like Connor McDavid, man. Now, apparently, according to one wag out there, he was offered uh, $80 million for eight years and turned it down. Now, $80 million for eight years is pretty good, but mm, nice term, but, you know, $10 million a year, nowhere close to the 11.5 that Austin Matthews is making. Right. So Matthews is 11.6. Tavares is 11. And Nylander is, Nylander is 6.9 against the cap. So that's, that's nearly $30 million. Hmm. And the Leafs have about $19 million left in salary cap. And that number, um, you got, you got to fill some holes on the roster with that. Right. So how are you going to, I mean, what are you going to do with this guy? It might just be a bridge deal. It might be a two-year bridge with Marner. And then hopefully after two years with Matthews, we'll still have three years left on his deal. Then they can sign Marner up for a longer-term deal there. Um, but not, but, but for Dubas saying that they might not necessarily match the offer sheet might lead one team out there. And I don't know which one to say, you know what? Let's roll the dice. Let's go. Let's get this guy. Cause if this guy Marner puts your team over the top, if this guy Marner becomes the Kawhi Leonard of the Detroit Red Wings, let's say, or Colorado Avalanche who have all kinds of cap space and some really good young players under contract. That could be something. And there, there's your guy. That could turn a team into a Stanley Cup champion. The same way Kawhi Leonard turned the Raptors into an NBA champion. Right? It all comes back to Kawhi. Right. <laughs> so, uh, the latest uh, inductees to the Hockey Hall of Fame, Guy Carboneau, Haley Wickenheiser, Sergei Zubov, Vaslav Nedomansky, uh, along with Pittsburgh Penguins general manager Jimmy Rutherford and longtime Boston college coach Jerry York. They were all, those two were elected as builders. So once again, Paul Henderson snubbed along with the likes of, uh, I don't know, Alexander McGillney, some people have suggested. See, at this time of year, as soon as they announce the inductees, people go, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? Now, the Geek Carbono thing is the most interesting because anyone who hates the Habs, and there are many people, are like, oh yeah, the only reason Carbono did that is because he played for the Cup winners. Well, Carbono wasn't part of those teams in the 70s. Carbono was the 85-86 team and the 92-93 team. And then he won another one with Dallas in his like second last year. So he's got three cups, but he had three Selkie Awards. Now, three Selkie Awards, that's Defensive Player of the Year. And when you play for Montreal, you know, and you're a Defensive Player of the Year, you're, 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 you know, your, your job is to, to keep an eye on uh, Cam Neely 
or Rick Middleton or whoever you were playing against, and he right. did that very well. But he never had more than 57 points in one season. And so people are going, wait a minute. How could Alexander McGillney not get it? He scored 76 goals one year. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I, I get it. But to say Carboneau doesn't deserve to go in because he didn't score that much is taking away from, you know, his reason for being in. <clears throat> but who's saying that? I haven't, is that a sentiment? Oh, oh, lots of people. Because I have heard oh, no, that no, he's he, an if, underwhelming choice. If Guy Carboneau got in, why isn't Brian Scrudland in? Like, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, no, yeah. no, but wait a second. Yeah. Why let, take a look at every single guy that won a couple of Selkie trophies and some Stanley Cups? Was Carbono that much better, or did he also play on a great team? Was it like you know, did he have guys like uh, you know, I don't know, Doug Jarvis or whatever playing as well? And this is where the argument comes in, and there's no right or wrong answer. And I would never say to any guy that's in the Hall of Fame that he doesn't deserve to be there. That's not my call, but it, but 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 you can look at at the at the how high has the bar been set, and when Bernie Federko was inducted into the Hall of Fame. And believe me, I like Bernie Federko. Nice guy. And he played a lot of games in the St. Louis Blues uniform, finished up with Detroit. But when he got into the Hall of Fame, I said, mm, Bernie Federko. Did I ever think Bernie Federko was one of the top players in the game? No. Did Bernie Federko ever lead the league in scoring or was among the top five scorers for a, a number of years? No. Did he dominate at his position? At any time? No. He was a good hockey player. Yeah, he's an all-star. Who, who played a lot of games. But I never watched him and said, this guy's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But at the time, my idea of a Hall of Famer was not Bernie. But now my idea of a Hall of Famer is any guy who can play 20 years in the league, play over 1,000 games, and, and, and be an all-star a few times, I guess, or a Selkie Trophy winner or whatever. So look at Bernie Federko. Look at Guy Carboneau. Look at Joey Mullen. Look at some of the players that you don't think maybe had the numbers to get into the Hall of Fame, because it's really easy to look at numbers. I'll give you an example. Roberto Luongo just retired. Right. Everyone. Oh, automatic Hall of Famer. Really? <laughs> Why? Oh, he had the third most wins in history. Really? Are goalie wins that important? Mike, tell me who had the most wins by a goalie last year. Wins. This isn't baseball, 20-game winners. And even, even that's not a significant stat. But wins by a goalie? Really? Who cares? I mean, Martin Brodeur, the most, that's great, and he won cups, and fine. But number of wins doesn't tell me how good a goalie. I, I remember Roberto Luongo looking horrible in the playoffs in the, the Stanley Cup final against Boston, flopping around like a dead fish. Mm-hmm. Roberto Luongo's record, and believe me, I, I have nothing against him. No, he prob- might be watching right now. He'll so. probably get into the Hall of Fame. But again, I'm saying don't automatically say when a guy retires, oh, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. If you watched Roberto Luongo during his career, did you say that guy's going to go in the Hall of Fame? That guy, that guy won a Stanley Cup because of this. That guy stood in his head to win a series. He did great in international hockey. He won us that goal, a couple of gold medals. Yeah. But again, to say because he had this many wins, he's a lock for the Hall of Fame, I just don't like that. Goalie wins just doesn't do it for me. It would be like saying, like, remember we had that trivia question? Most wins, uh, most wins by a player was Scott Stevens. He happened to play on the most winning teams, so he was in the most games that his team won. Right. But that and Scott Stevens is in the Hall of Fame, so maybe a bad example. But right, right. just because you played a long time doesn't get you into the Hall of Fame. Is Mike Felino in the Hall of Fame? No. Let's get that guy in the Hall of Fame. No. But I mean, look, <laughs> you've got uh, you've got a number of very very good players. Uh, for example, let's say goalies, okay? And I'm just going off the top of my head. Curtis Joseph's not in the Hall of Fame. Tom Barrasso's not in the Hall of Fame. Mike Vernon's not in the Hall of Fame. There's some pretty good goalies out there. Chris Osgood's not in the Hall of Fame. These guys won multiple cups. Is Andy, Mo- is Andy Moog in the Hall of Fame? <clears throat> no, he's not. Nope. So these guys won multiple cups and had some pretty good seasons. So 
Why is Roberto Luongo automatically? But that is a pretty long, pretty excellent career that Luongo had. I feel like he probably is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't know what who's, I don't know what class. I'm not sure about Geek Carbono. Well, there you go. I'm not sure what class. You know, uh, who else is going to be in the same class? But I'm just I'm just pointing out the fact that that you know I if someone says that guy's in the Hall of Fame, I had to have said uh, during the course of that person's career that guy's a Hall of Famer, and I didn't with Roberto Luongo. And then of course now that he's retired, the other thing is is that everyone in the media loves him because he's so great on Twitter. He's so engaging on Twitter. He's so funny. He was such a good interview, right? That plus all those games that he played and won will get him into the Hall of Fame, but not his playoff performance. He was a terrible playoff performer, right? And and didn't play for great teams. Played yeah, he's like the, the Dan Marino of the NHL. Mm, that's a good one. The Dan <laughs> Marino of the NHL. That's very good. All right, so anyway, so that's our, that's our hockey talk there. Hockey Confidential brought to you by Titan Blades. They bring the pro shop to you using the finest Russian steel. These guys make beautiful skate blades. Skate blades that the NHLers love, and you will too. Summer hockey season is underway. Get the blades the pros use. Go to TitanBlades.com. So we mentioned Christine Sinclair. Now, this happened uh, like the day that we had our last podcast. So it's been a few days ago. And you watched it live? Watched it live. Me too. And uh, so Christine Sinclair, we found, first of all, when Jeannie Beck, uh, when Janine. Jeannie Becker. When Janine From Becky, Fashion Television? Yeah, and her too. <laughs> when Janine Becky um, took the penalty and great save by the Swedish goaltender, no doubt. First of all, this is the way, and this is perfect for Canada. This is the way the journalist described it. Janine Becky took an excellent penalty shot, but an even greater save was made by the Swedish goalie. You know, yeah, in other words, it was so excellent. In other it, words, it in other words, she didn't. Net. Yeah, she didn't. She didn't <laughs> boot it over the net, or she didn't scuff it, or whatever. She took an excellent. Uh, now, to me, an excellent penalty would be a goal. I don't see how an excellent. I don't see how you can take an excellent penalty. Yeah. And it not being a goal, it wouldn't. It wasn't excellent then, was it? Was it? But we're Canadian. I we felt feel bad for these girls because was, they, yeah. they, they didn't deserve to beat Sweden. They didn't play that well. Also, for, the goalie didn't guess. Like, they kept saying, oh, the goalie guessed correctly. No. Actually, no. The goalie read. You could, goalie there, read was, there was time for the goalie to see which, which side it. Becky was going to. Absolutely. And, and so Christine Sinclair, who should have taken the penalty because, like, what's Christine Sinclair's legacy? She'll go down in history as the greatest female soccer player in Canada to have not taken the most important shot uh, in world women's World Cup history. So can you t- walk me through this? Because so so, Christine Sinclair had the opportunity to take the shot Correct. and then deferred to Becky. Correct. Janine Becky admitted afterwards, post match, that uh, Christine Sinclair had come up and asked her if she wanted to take the penalty. Christine's got to take that shot. Like she has to own that moment. So it- here's here's what happened: is Christine Sinclair against, and I can't remember the Swedish goalie's name. She, the Swedish goalie had stopped Christine Sinclair earlier this year on a previous penalty. But but like. Like if Wayne Gretzky had been stopped by Bill Ranford, okay, uh, or Andy Moog when he played for Boston, whatever it was, had he been stopped once on a penalty shot, does that mean that the next time a penalty shot came in the playoffs that he should say, ah, you know what, he stopped me last time. Glenn Anderson, you take the penalty shot. No. No. Gretzky's the greatest, man. He would never turn down that opportunity. So I want to know why Christine Sinclair turned down the opportunity. Because... Had even had she been stopped, had she not scored, she still would have gone down as the greatest female soccer player that this country has ever produced. Right. But now that she deferred, I, I'm not sure I can give her that mantle. I can't well, give no, that please. to her. She still no, gets the mantle. No, no, Come on, no, Come because on. at the most important time for your country in the World Cup, you didn't take the shot. You didn't take the shot. 
Why? I think she should have taken the shot, but that still doesn't take away the not, fact that she is the greatest. the greatest. No, she's not. No, she was the greatest. She would have taken the shot. Country's ever produced. No, no. Her legacy is tarnished. Haley Wickenheiser. Of Her soccer. legacy is tarnished. <laughs> it is. She didn't take the shot. If she takes the shot and she scores, she's Christine Sinclair. If she doesn't take the shot. Why? See, this is my, why, this why, is why, as why? tough as the bakery uh, instance. You're it tough is, today. It is, yeah, it is, you're, isn't it? you're fiery today. Why didn't she take the shot? <laughs> I want to know. What the hell? She was scared of. She was scared because the Swedish goalie beat her last time. I don't know why she didn't. Like take if the and, shot. And, and and here's the other one. If you're Janine Becky, do you not go, Christine? You you're not showing me a heck of a lot of confidence here. By by. Well, actually, it's the biggest me, vote of confidence. By asking me if I, wanted to, if I want to take the shot, that means you don't want to take the shot. And you can't say no to that question. Oy. Right? If somebody says, do you want to take this very important shot at this point in the game, you have to be like, yes, yeah. I want to take that shot. I've been really, listen, the soccer has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed watching the Women's World Cup. I really have. But that Canada game was agonizing. They sucked. Yep. The, the team was awful. They're ranked fifth. They lost to the ninth ranked suite. What the hell? And this new coach, the guy that took over for Herdman, this guy doesn't know anything. I don't know what the heck was going on. But the, the, the team did not look good at all for the entire tournament. They didn't. I never, not, I want, not, at one point, I never said, boy, these guys look good. These guys, they, they might win it all. No, not at all. And for a lot of Canadians, once that game ended and Canada was out, that was, that was the end of the tournament for a lot of Canadians. Uh, you know, I'm glad you're still watching. Extremely disappointing. And I, I got a note from Chris, like, what the hell? Let's get You're her on great. the show. You're the greatest. You're the greatest. That might be the last game you ever played. And you deferred. Okay. I watched the TFC Atlanta game the other night. What a wild finish. Did you see what happened in this game? No, tell me. First of all, Vic Router is the best. Nothing against the guy with the British accent who does it on, on TSN. Right. Uh, he's, he's not from here. Or he's not, a, like, I don't consider him to be a Toronto guy. I don't know. He's a soccer guy, right? But Vic Router is one of the all-time greats. Vic Router knows curling, auto racing. Soccer. This guy, he was doing Toronto Blizzard games back in the early 80s. Yes, he was. And he's got a, Vic's got a thing. He's got this passion and energy in his voice. A cadence. He's got a cadence that's fantastic. Throw it into the box. Oh, he's great. So I'm watching the game and I got Vic up loud. Yeah. Right? Because I'm into it and he's into it. And him and Stephen Caldwell are great together and all that. Caldwell's great too. Fantastic, fantastic. Caldwell's but anyway. Two of so my buddies there. I'm listening and I'm going, this, this, is, <laughs> this is the Vic I remember. I mean, yeah, we don't get to hear him that often. I mean, except on curling, really, not that much. They, uh, TSN doesn't do auto racing anymore, I don't think. But he used to do a lot of soccer with Graham Leggett. Uh, he did soccer before. I mean, he's really great. So I'm watching it. It's a fabulous game. It's 2-2. It's exciting as hell. And late in the game, a Toronto player is in the box and apparently gets pulled down. He gets kicked or he gets knocked or he gets touched in the box, and a penalty is called. And they go to VAR, video assistant referee, and there's, there's no contact. And Caldwell goes, oh, he's, he didn't say he took a dive, but Caldwell goes, I don't see any contact there. And he's right. There's, you look at it again and again and again, and there was no, it was a dive. It, the guy actually should have been booked for simulation because he took a dive. And they go to VAR, and VAR upholds the call. VAR says, yeah, well, I guess there was contact. So I don't know what they were watching because I didn't see the contact. It was a dive. So Toronto gets the penalty and they score to take the lead. 3-2 with like a few minutes to go. Fantastic. Wild. And I'm thinking, they just got away with one here. Like they got, even with video assistant replay, they got away with one. Well, in the, la the dying seconds of the game, there's a handball in the box, but the ref doesn't call it. And now the game ends. And then Toronto FC, the winner. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Right? And now... 
um, video assistant replay calls the official on field and says, wait a minute, we have to look at this. And sure enough, it's a handball in the box. And now with no time remaining, Atlanta on a penalty can tie the game. Wild finish. And the dude kicks it 10 feet over top of the net. Uh, and Toronto uh, ends up winning because this guy blows, I mean, he blows the penalty. Right. Uh, terribly. And the finish was just like, you're like, did you just see what happened? Did you just see what happened there? Make the final. Yeah, and of course, make the final. Um, but what happened was, and the idea is that video assistant, video assistant referee is supposed to get the call right. So it gets the call wrong on allowing Toronto to score the go-ahead goal. And then the official on the field doesn't see the infraction, the handball in the box, but video assistant re, uh, referee does and claims it's just nuts. I mean, there's been a lot of calls in the Women's World Cup. It's just so controversial, but the, the bottom line is get the call right. But they didn't get the call right on that Toronto penalty. That should not have been a penalty for Toronto. He, the guy just took a dive. And it just goes to show you, folks, that you will, there will always be diving in soccer. Always. Because if you can make it look real good, if you can make it look like you were tripped or touched, right? You're going to get that call. Even if video assistant referee looks and says, no, there might have been a little bit. And, and in the previous game, there was one where there was just a teeny, maybe a teeny weeny bit of contact. But you had to look at it 15 times at, at different angles and different speeds, not in real time like a referee does. Um, but the Reds won. And they snapped an eight-game unbeaten streak, and there was a big sigh of relief from Greg Vanny, who's getting very casual as a coach. He might be one of the most casual, casually dressed coaches I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, he had a real. He just kind of looks like a guy that uh, I don't know. Just uh, he came out of the gym and he just changed, and it was you know, <laughs> and it was uh, you know, Madras shirt and his uh, slacks and whatever. And and now you're coaching the sidelines. Um, the Blue Jays begin a 10-game homestand tonight, starting with the Kansas City Royals, who are actually worse than the Jays. I know that's not possible, but they are. Toronto's bats have come alive. The pitching, though, has been awful. With the exception of Marcus Stroman's 6-1 win over the Yankees the other day, the Jays have allowed 50 runs in their past seven games. 50. Wow. 50 runs. Mm -hmm. That's kind of taken away from the hot hitting of Lourdes Goriel Jr. and a Cavan Biggio, who's he's hitting like 244 now, but man, a guy can get on base. He can hit for power. He's going to be a good one. These two are emerging as future stars on the team, as is uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., who's cooled off a bit lately, but still hitting over 250. And I believe, Mike, you and I agreed that if he hits 250 with 20 home runs this year, we'll be happy as a rookie. He's got seven homers, but still got half a season. He'll get to 20. He might. Uh, my concern is that the Jays are going to give Vladdy the day off on Monday on Canada Day. <laughs> that they're, going to, they're not no going to learn chance. from their mistakes. That, that, that Vladdy and, and Biggio and Guriel Jr. are all going to get the day off that day. <laughs> that day. Um, and all these fans are going to show up. And there's, there's actually a pool going on as to how many fans the Jays will draw on Canada Day. Mm -hmm. Okay? What do you think? Less than 25,000 or more than 25,000? Oh, more than 25, I think. Oh. Not a lot more, but I think, yeah. Oh, 20, okay. 29,000. 29, you're going to say, yeah. for Canada Day? I think it'll be bigger than that. I think they'll have 35,000. I, I, I don't think it matters as much that the, the team isn't great. There's a lot of young players to watch. It's going to be a, a beautiful day. Everyone's got the day off. It's Canada Day. They're going to wear their red jerseys. You're going to paint your face with red and white. They're going to have, uh, I think, it, is it a giveaway day? Is it a Randall Richard bobblehead day oh, I don't or something know. like that? I don't know. Anyway, they'll draw 35,000, I think. And if they don't, then you've got some real problems. I'll be at Rib Fest. <laughs> on Canada Day. I'm oh, going you're going to be a rib, rib, fest? rib fest at Centennial Park. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sounds good. So, um, uh, yeah, so Monday, yeah, I think they'll draw 35,000. Because remember, they gave Vladdy the day off on Victoria Day, and all those people showed up, and there's no Vladdy to watch. Mm -hmm. He didn't even DH that day. Now, Mike, it worries me one thing about Vladdy. He's 20 years old. Why does he need days off? 
Why does he need to be the DH every five days? I don't, this I don't understand. We're going to give Vladdy a day off. Why? He's 20 years old. Wouldn't you want to give this guy as many reps as possible in the field? I mean, you're losing there anyway. There must be some scientific reason. Like the, we, There's some advancement in the sports uh, athletics. I don't know. I'm trying to help them out here because obviously us who remember watch, you know, you were watching in the 70s and 80s. Uh, this is absurd. But there must be a reason. Like There must be some evidence that maybe it prolongs a player's career or they're more effective in October. I'm sorry, man. He October. Should, be out, should be out there every day. He should be out there every day playing third base. And yeah. by the end, but by the end of the season, he will have gotten in whatever it is, 130 games at third base. How many days of rest did we give Tony Fernandez back in the day? Yeah. See, this I don't understand. <laughs> 20 years of age. Now, the other thing, too, is he looks to be leaner. I don't want to say slimmer, but he looked a little leaner than when we saw him at spring training. Good. Right? And, and he, he busted down. Here's the other thing. Every time he busts it down the line and is called out at first base, he immediately goes to the dugout and says, check that, check that. And every time he's wrong. Like, I've seen it three or four times. He's wrong. He said, check it, check it. Because it's that sort of, no, 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 I can't be out. It was closed. Check it. Please check it. I think I might be safe. And the other day, they wasted a, they wasted a challenge. And they didn't have their challenge for late in the game because Vladdy was, you know, insistent that he was safe on one of them. Um, but I don't like this idea of giving a 20-year-old rest, resting him like this. Like, he's, he's so fragile. Give him as many reps as possible. There must be the team a is not to the madness. The team is not expected to win. Give him as many reps as possible. I don't care if he makes 40 errors this year. Put him out there. Because you need to determine if this guy is your future third baseman or is he your future first baseman or is he your future DH. He could become a DH, you know. I mean, a lot of guys, you know, the, the David Ortiz's of the world who just, you know, you know what? Why don't you just hit every game? Don't right. worry about the fielding. We'll get someone else to do that. Right. Let's talk a little bit of golf now. Our sponsor is Crosswinds Golf and Country Club in Burlington. I'll be there on uh, Sunday. If you've never played Crosswinds, you're missing out on the best value in Southern Ontario and a course that has the look and feel of a private golf course, but with public golf prices. Uh, go to crosswindsgolf.com, and I'll see you there. My guy, Mackenzie Hughes of Dundas, Ontario, shot six under 66. He's tied for 11th at the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Michigan. Nate Lashley from Nebraska shot a nine under par 63 to take the first round lead. Canadian Nick Taylor, four under 68. Canadian Ben Silverman, three under 69. Canadian Roger Sloan, uh, two under 70. On the LPGA Tour, it's the Walmart Northwest Arkansas Championship. Now, you know where that is, eh? That would be in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah, I was going to say. First, and, I'm stuck on yeah. Roger Sloan. Is he also like a soap opera actor? Roger Sloan. It's a great he's name. From, he's from it. Calgary. It is a good Roger name. Sloan. It's a good name. Uh, Brooke Henderson has already teed off in the Walmart Northwest Arkansas Championship. Arklatex. It's called Arklatex, that area. Arklatex would be, um, uh, that's southern, would be southern Arkansas. So southern I, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Texas. Right. But northern, northwest Arkansas is uh, right near where Memphis, Tennessee is. It's on the border to uh, Tennessee and Arkansas. So anyway, Brooke Henderson has already teed off, and we will not have any updates on the show. <laughs> there will not be any Brooke Henderson updates uh, for that particular tournament. In tennis, Braden Schnurr of Pickering, Ontario, lost the qualify, lost in the qualifiers at Wimbledon, he could still get into the main draw as what they call a lucky loser. A lucky loser has to be one of the four highest-ranked losers in the final round of qualifying. Those four get in uh, if there are injuries to players in the main draw. Okay. So if somebody pulls a hammy, pulls a groin, then one of the lucky losers uh, gets in. So maybe. But there are four, four Canadians in the main draw. Milos Raonic, Felix Auger-Aliassime, Denis Shapovalov and Vasek Pashpashil, who's back from 
He had some serious back surgery. Yeah, we haven't heard much from yeah, him. Yeah, uh, he uh, had some serious back surgery and uh, and qualified, I believe qualified, and he's in the main draw, so uh, good on him. Um, no females at Wimbledon. Uh, Bianca Andreescu forced to withdraw with a shoulder injury, and as I mentioned, Jeannie Bouchard, like not even close. Like, like a waxed and qualifying last week at Eastbourne, so not going to make it. Um, the Olympics are coming up next summer in Tokyo, 2020. One of the great logos... Olympic logos of all time. Yeah, I've seen one. that. So it's the five Olympic rings, and the fifth, uh, on the third one on the top row is red, as uh, the same as the flag of Japan. Right, the rising land, sun. Land of the midnight sun. Is that the it? The rising sun, sorry. Rising sun. So that was a really cool, cool. But, so, um, but in 2024, in Paris, breakdancing is going to be an Olympic event. Is that a done deal, or did it just advance to a further it's stage? It's advanced to uh, that you know, stage of... Is we're, it going to get gonna, through? Because I think it is, and I think it should. Because the athletic ability you have to have is similar to rhythmic gymnastics, isn't it? Well, it's more like dancing. Like, is ballroom dancing, that's an Olympic sport? Mm, or I can't remember. It was. It was a demonstration okay. sport, wasn't a demonstration it? But what sport. about what about rhythmic gymnastics with the ball and with the little the, the, the little flurry thing and all that kind of thing, right? Rhythmic gymnastics. As you know, it's Hey, all... wait a second. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. But, but think about this. If you take a look at the Winter Olympics and they added snowboarding, uh, those types, this is the way the Olympics is going. I mean, think of the think of some of the events that they had in the early days, like you know, like like pigeon shooting with live <laughs> pigeons, <laughs> tug of war, right? You know, the hammer throw stuff like that. Well, nowadays, I don't see a lot of people doing the hammer throw, but I see a lot of people break dancing. I see a lot of people well, surfing. The- <laughs> They're surfing. There's going to be you know, there's going to be surfing, eh? <laughs> you heard about that? Surfing. They're going to have surfing at the Olympics. Break dancing. Yeah, it's about time we join the 21st century. These are the events that kids perform. Kids are not out there hammer throwing as much, but lots of them are skateboarding. Lots of them are snowboarding. Lots of them are, you know, break dancing. What year is this? Has break dancing peaked in the early eighties? Am I right? Like, oh, I'm not sure it ever peaked. Really. <laughs> I think it had a it had a moment. Electric two boogaloo. Right, like there was a moment in the early eighties. But right. I will say this: whatever brings eyeballs to the because t- it's all about right. selling the TV deal. So whatever brings eyeballs, and you're right. Who wouldn't watch the uh, finals of the break dancing competition? You I'd have, be glued. You want to have great competition. I don't care if it's so you think you can dance. I don't care if it's the voice. Again, just give oh, me yeah. good. Is just give me the best be an in, Olympic event. Just give me the best in the world. And if they're doing something that requires um, athletics, uh, endurance, uh, you know, the ability to sustain, uh, you know, a, a top competition, I'm all for it. So give me the, you know, if I say to you, I'm the best break dancer in the world, you go, I'm the best. I'll meet you at the Olympics. Right. And we'll settle the score. Yeah. So okay. I mean, it's like figure skating. You have technical things you have to do or whatever. Yeah. And there's, yeah. I will say, I like this idea of singing though. Like Adele representing mm-hmm. Great Britain. She kind of tries to go for gold. Against, yeah, Adele uh, going for gold. Against against Beyonce against... representing the USA. Like, can you imagine Shawn the eyeballs? Shawn Mendes is up for Canada Right, now. imagine the eyeballs on that. That would be fantastic. Uh, speaking of Shawn Mendes, anyway, um, one of the guests at your party last night was uh, Cam Gordon, Twitter Canada. Yes. So he talked about, uh, he had actually quizzed those of us who were at the event as to who the most popular Canadian athletes were when it came to Twitter, who got the most mentions in Twitter. Right. Um, so I thought we would take it a step further because I found it to be very interesting. Let's see if you know your Canadian sports celebrities and how popular they are on Twitter. So how many mentions they get? Not necessarily how often they're tweeting, but how many mentions they get. Okay. The combination of them. So Cam had some really good ones. So anyway, uh, amongst all Canadian-born athletes, okay. uh, so far in 2019, who had the most mentions? Canadian-born athletes. Let me think. Uh, this was one of the questions last night that Cam asked. You were standing <laughs> I know, right I, next oh. to him. I took a picture of the two of you. 
Was it uh, Marchand? No, that's number two. Okay. R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett, right. right. He got the most mentions. So he's got 128,000 Twitter followers. That's not a, I mean, it's a lot, but it's not a lot, lot. 128,000. No, it's not a lot, But lot. that's going to grow because he just, signed, he just signed with the Knicks. And believe me, and, he, and he's, he's fair. I don't want to say he's, because it's off season. So he's been doing some tweeting and pictures and stuff like that. I think during the season, I don't think these guys tweet that much during the season. But anyway, he got a lot of mentions. Brad Marchand was number two. He's got 173,000 Twitter followers, Brad right. Marchand. Number three, P.K. Subban. Okay, yeah, he's a, he'd be an interesting tweeter. He's like 1.1 million Twitter followers. That's a lot for a hockey player. 1.1 million. It's like Bob McKenzie numbers. Oh, no, that's crazy. <laughs> um, he, he bought half of those. But, but no, but, but the thing is, Bob McKenzie's the go-to guy when it comes to anything hockey. He could be sitting on his dock at his cottage and he would have more information. He might know about, about hockey where Kawhi's than, going. Probably all that stuff. Um, next to that, number four on the list, sorry, uh, yeah, number four is Mitch Marner, Mitchell Marner with 157,000 Twitter followers. And number five on the list, Tristan Thompson. Oh, right. Canadian born, right. 666,000 Twitter followers. Those are just the men. But what about the females in this country? Oh, what about the- Jeannie Bouchard. What about the females? Yes, but in actual fact, um, Jeannie Bouchard, by a long shot, 1.7 million Twitter followers. Well, you know why. However, she's not, I know. However, <laughs> however, number three on the list among Canadian women in Twitter mentions in 2019. Who's number one? The number one Sinclair? female athlete from this country. No, she's not even on, she's not even on the list. I don't uh, even know if she tweets. Bianca. Not number two. Bian and by the way, Bianca only has 36,000 followers, of which oh. I'm one, and I think you're one also. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, but number one, gold medalist, Olympic, author. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, gold medalist. Haley Wickenheiser. Yeah, no. Tessa Virtue. Oh, of course. Of, of course. course. I forgot about Tessa. Yeah, well, you and many others. 136,000 Twitter followers, followed by Bianca, 36,000. Jeannie Bouchard, 1.7 million, had the third most mentions. Brooke Henderson. Oh, right. 82,000 Twitter followers. And number five among Canadian females, Gabrielle Daleman. Uh oh, 20,000 Twitter followers. Who is that again? Wait a minute. Remind She's the number five female athlete in Canada with the most mentions, and you don't know who Gabrielle Daleman is? No. You don't know what sport she's involved in? She didn't in. win an Olympic medal, or I would remember that. She did, as She did. Oh, she yeah. actually did win an Olympic medal. Oh, shoot. In the team, in the team competition. Um, Gabrielle Daleman is from Toronto. She's 21 years of age. She's a figure skater. Okay. And you should start following her because she's got some darn good tweets. Every four years, I know a lot about that. Like Tessa, too. I only I know a lot about Tessa every four years, but we're in the off year, so I forget all these. Uh, well, next four. year's an Olympic year. It's a summer Olympic year. Okay. And then two years after that is a winter Olympic year. So, you're, you know, you only got two years in between Olympics, I know. Um, and amongst all Canadians, all Canadians, when it comes to Twitter mentions, number one by far, Sean Mendez. Oh, yeah. 2019. He has 22. More than Drake. He has, hang on, he has 22 million, 22 million Twitter followers. Second. Justin Bieber, 105 million Twitter followers. <laughs> I can't even see that number in my and head. And in third place, Drake, who only has 38.3 million followers. Drake doesn't, I don't think he tweets that much. No, but I bet you Drake gets the most mentions. No, 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 no most mentions. Okay. No, according that's to- That's also meant? No, no that's no, also meant No, no, according okay. to Cam, it was, the most, uh, it was the most Twitter mentions. Okay, that's Twitter mentions. So he's okay. third. Mendez, Biebs, Drake. Wow. So maybe Drake better, you know. And start. they're all from Ontario. I'm just going to point. They're out. all from Ontario. 
That's right. So that's just a little bit. It's a little bit of something. A little bit of uh, not trivia. I wouldn't call it trivia. It's a little Twitter trivia. But yeah, yeah who's fine. getting the most mentions out there? Uh, and in amongst podcasters, Toronto Mike number one <laughs> by far. No one else on the list. Our trivia brought to you by Panthers Original Deli on Bathurst Street, north of the four hundred one. Can you name the last baseball stadium to host every game in a World Series? Name the year. Name the teams. I don't know the Polo Grounds. The Giants and the Dodgers. Hey, now that would be interesting. The Dodgers played at Ebbets Field. The Giants oh, played Ebbets at the Field. Ground. Okay. The Yankees played at Yankee Stadium. There was not. A, you <laughs> could have. You might have said, "Well, wait, a minute. wasn't Yankee Stadium being renovated one year?" And if that were the case, did the Yankees play in another stadium and go in the World Series? Like maybe the year where the Yankees and Mets in the World Series? No, uh, Yankee Stadium was involved in. It was Shea Stadium at the time. No, the last time it happened was 1944. The St. Louis Cardinals against the St. Louis Browns, who later became the Baltimore Orioles. And the ballpark was Sportsman's Park in St. Louis. And it hosted all one. six games of the World Series in 1944. Sure, it's a tough one. Do you think you're going to get an easy one from me <laughs> on your birthday? you get an oh, easy one here? <laughs> Still. So, oh, there you go. And but, to remind people that we're not recording on Canada Day. That's right. But we will do an episode on July 2nd. So at this time, July 2nd. Correct. We're not going to be here on Canada Day because Canada Day is a day to sleep in. And uh, the next day is the day after free agency. So there'll be lots to talk about on Tuesday, July 2nd, all the free agents goings on, and maybe there'll be some signings and stuff like right. that. We'll have all that stuff. So that's it for uh, episode number 114 of Hebsy on Sports. Thanks to Toronto Mike for production and inspiration. Hit him up at Toronto Mike. Make sure you listen to his fabulous, in-depth, long-form interviews. And thanks to our wonderful sponsors, Crosswinds Golf and Country Club. That's crosswindsgolf.com. Tiden Performance Blades. That's TydenBlades.com, T-Y-D-A-N, Blades.com. And Pantsers Deli. That's PantsersOriginalDeli.com. My new book is selling like hotcakes on Shrove Tuesday. It's called The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of, the story of a forgotten Canadian Olympian, George Orton, an innovator in 20th century sports, and the first disabled athlete to win an Olympic gold. Fell out of a tree when he was three years old. Doctor said, you'll never walk again. Walk! Ha! Became an unbelievable distance runner. Gold and bronze medalist in the Olympics and the inventor of hockey in Philadelphia and in many parts of the United States. You can get the book online via Indigo or Amazon or at your favorite bookstore if those even exist anymore. We're running out of bookstores, you know. A lot of the local neighborhood bookstores are falling apart. It's not a good thing. Or contact me and I'll get you an autographed copy of the book. Thanks for allowing us into your headspace. We're taking Canada Day off. We'll be back Tuesday, July 2nd. We'll be going live at about 9.20 in the morning, Periscope. And so if you want to watch us, you want to listen, stay tuned for that. Until then, so long for now.